0: Being accountable for my leadership, expanding more than tea into other aspects of food industry, mm-hmm. which I really wish to, and I wish to create like a perfect buying channel where you don't create any waste. And then then how am I gonna keep myself accountable or what change my company can bring?
1: Try this bad size. Nice. You are welcome to take a seat at the table where we use a new lens, where humanity are stakeholders. Different distinctions encouraged, intention starts from a no judgment zone. A certain age is not criteria and where you become comfortable with the uncomfortable to facilitate a new conversation.
2: Here we are. We're live. Welcome, everybody, to The Decision Table. I've got a new friend here called Prati. Welcome to The Decision Table. We are literally this year just having conversations, just casual conversations, and I'm having them on a daily basis because, you know, it's easy to think we don't want it the same as last year. We don't want things to you know, it the same way. We want different results, but we don't often do it in a different way. And so one of the things I decided at the beginning of the year was let's have a new conversation every day with someone different and look through the lens of something that's important in the field that I'm working in, which is the need for a new approach to leadership. And I'm quite strong about that right now. I think that there is a huge need. And I'm really interested in how you see that and in your work and what you're doing, and how we can do this in a better way. And so I'm having conversations with all sorts of different people. And so, like that's what you're here. You're on the other side of Australia right now. Where are you? I'm in Perth. You're in Perth. So you wake up, Is it a little later than what we do here? Is that how it works?
0: Yes that is correct
2: we wake up 3 hours later 3 hours later and then you're ready to jump start into your day so thank you for coming on and just you know I'm excited to learn about you because you're in a field of or you work in something that's very different very different and I don't even normally bring up what people do but I think
0: kind of is kind of interesting what you do so tell us thank you so much kirie so you do wake up yeah, three hours later, but I love this part of the world. This is the best part of the world. Sorry, I love Perth. I love Perth, and yes, I am a tea taster and a tea blender. So, as I think, as Nikhil said, tea whisperer I'm not sure what it means, but uh, I, did. I like that. A tea whisperer. <laughs> what, what does it mean by being a tea taster? What it means is my job is to taste plantations and uh, once the crop is ready or the harvest is done a lot of uh, tea gets segmented on the conveyor in terms of even in the same harvest of autumn for example which we just uh, have passed the autumn harvest back in Assam and Darjeeling tea estates in India and I only specialize in Indian tea estates so once that is done all these teas come to the factory and they all taste different because of them, I don't know, some of them have been harvested today, some of them are tomorrow, and there are different estates and all of that. So, if they're going to one particular factory, then they all taste different. Sometimes we have like a hundred batches of tea, and I taste it and tell the difference between them and write them rankings and then blend them as per what goes well with which batch to create a better tasting tea later on. for. And the end customers to drink it. Wow, fascinating. What got
2: you into tea? Was it something that you've danced into a little? Where did this come from?
0: I actually know when I was little, I was not even allowed to drink tea. So I think like I grew in a family where anything that was addictive and in the perception, in the little perception was not allowed. So coffee was not allowed, tea was not allowed it can get you addicted but obviously then you know you become you find your purpose and I actually met my tea master who changed every perception of mine and I I didn't even have that perception I had started drinking tea already Mm -hmm. when I met him so and I was trying to find this most extraordinary cup of tea after six years of tea drinking and I found my tea master who said that you will never find it unless you create it and then he trained me uh, to become one
2: wow and then you began creating it and you enjoy the journey of creating it as well as then getting it out to market i
0: i love the i think creation is the best part of it because that's when i'm really Mm -hmm. my flow zone or focus zone and that brings the i don't know i'm I'm just in a different world at that point nothing i can hear nothing else i can see nothing else and it's a different universe where you can i can transport myself to and that's the happiest part of the uh, time uh, when i'm creating that and when i'm back i get to bring that happiness to other people so i think i, I love that, I love, that. I, love, I love every bit of it <laughs> yeah
2: so do you think in the world out here and like i look at them Leadership across the board, and and part of that is having new approaches. Do you think we're leaving behind some of that creativity and leadership right now, like in the work? Like you obviously get such a thrill out of that; you enjoy that part of the journey. You said you enjoyed it the most. Are we forgetting to, as human race, to continue to bring creativity into our worlds, our professional worlds?
0: I think so. I think that I think that people have forgot their passion a lot of people are coming to their purpose which is extraordinary but i see a lot of passion missing if you have the passion for it Mm -hmm. or if it's coming from here it's inside you and you give time to listen to it then the creativity flows i see that it has become even art has become structured it's not flowing or you have to, instead of inspiration, we have to copy someone's art and it has become very technological. So that I think that is definitely stopping the flow of, of creativity and constantly having to be around technology is also like, you know, stop mm-hmm. creatively because your creative brain can only start once you switch it off from everything else and we're not really switching off. So
2: what are some of the strategies you do to switch off?
0: Oh, I think I've just got one answer in a fraction of a second and meditation. As soon as I wake up every morning, I have a routine to follow. So I'll make sure that I drink my water in copper. Copper actually is a natural disinfectant. So I think water is the key of life, the most important part of life. You're made of 70% water, so we need to give importance to it. So I fill up my water in copper and next morning I just drink it to for the disinfectant. And then I do meditation without touching. Still haven't touched my phone. I haven't checked the phone. There is a Mm -hmm. wall clock in my room. I can see my time there. So I don't need to touch my phone. And I've trained my mind to wake up the time I want to. So if I I tell myself every night before going to bed that wake up at six and my eyes open at six, I don't need an alarm. Uh It took me time to train that way because my master taught me how to. And then next morning you have two hours of, first two hours of no technology, yoga, uh, half an hour of yoga, 10 minutes of meditation, 40 minutes goes towards how my rest of the day will look like.
2: That's it. Yeah. I find that so intriguing that if you talk to many, many people across the world, like there's a lot of beautiful morning routines that start the day off. And a lot of it is involving with meditations, gratefulness. I do gratefulness every day. As my starter point, I have a health routine as in fitness and movement. And then I also have ways in which I think that is important to be grateful. So gratefulness. And then I figure out a way in which to sort of brain dump the things in my head so that they're not in the head, but that I can just work on the things that I need to. So it's interesting talking to many different people, always has been, of different routines people do and, and how that flow sort of happens. You talk about flow, I talk about things like effortless flow, so, you know, how we get effortless flow as we continue in our days and I think as leaders that's something that when you've got creativity, it brings flow into your work and it plays out into work and I think In part of that new approach to leadership is creating safe spaces where, or curate moments or spaces where there is that opportunity to be able to be creative. And I love that you get to do that in the work that you do. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. You're right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. How do you, like, you obviously get. Now, I don't know, do you bring the tea from India into Australia and beyond? Like, how does that work for you? Yeah, so
0: basically I what I do is, like, I bring the teas from India to Australia, yes, in a single estate state. state so they're not blended and I I eliminate mediators and actually deal directly with the farmers and that is what my tea master used to do so that's what I've really really been inspired one of my purposes is also the sustainability so I love doing that love to deal with farmers directly and once the teas are here I then blend them and sell it across Australia I've actually recently relaunched uh, Tea4ia last year so far, I was only bringing in tea. Yes, I was selling it everywhere across Australia, but I was doing it for market research and really understanding the taste buds of Australia. Because when I came here, I found that Australians drink tea very, very differently than the Indians do. And I wasn't able to understand what's the difference. So I spent mm-hmm. a couple of years to understand that. So, yeah, that's it. So and then I it okay,
2: stop, stop, stop. You can open that loop and say, okay, in India, it's drunk very differently. In Australia, it's drunk a different way, and it spent two years trying to figure this out. So tell us more about that. I want to hear that. How, just, do, uh, how do Indians drink
0: it versus Australian? I'm being very, very straightforward on Australia. I think that the way Indians... By the way, work, there's
2: no judgment on here. You can be a straightforward. <laughs> this is just real raw, everyday talk.
0: I know so it took me two years because I think I was in my head it's, yeah. it's also me so I was in my strong like you know designed to think about tea in a one certain way so it took me a while to actually accept it that this is a whole different world and I was new to it so the way we drink tea is like the moment we wake up first uh, beverage after water is tea and sometimes we drink wow. tea at like 12 a.m. and the midnight on weekends when we are out partying we, we call out for teas and we have little roadside tea stalls to like you know try wow. so to go and help yourself with some more tea uh, <laughs> so it's so different and we use a certain kind of uh, tea leaf and like certain kind of ginger to it ginger is a very very important element or cardamom and that's how a tea is served but when I came here I saw that the First of all, the tea bags. I was familiar to tea bags quite a bit, but I didn't realise that it makes such a difference when I tasted the tea bags here. Yeah, they didn't taste anything like the tea I've ever tasted. They had really depleted taste. It was really, really watery. In Not in terms of, it didn't have any depth to it. It's really powdery. So I wasn't sure tea bags after tea bags after tea bags. Nothing really satisfied me. And then I went to cafes and started asking for tea. Nothing satisfied me. And then I went to cafes, big cafes to start asking for chai. And I was given some syrup in milk that made me really sick for that day. And so I actually was really sick straight after because it was a lot of, lot of sugar in a cup of milk and that can make someone really badly bloated. That's not how it should be either. So, and I was really shocked after that. I was like, oh, I need to do something. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. uh, Fascinating. are good cafes now. There
2: are good cafes now. It's time has changed. Yeah. There are there are amazing cafes now. But I think you press on a point that is an interesting one. That for us in Australia, it was probably an added extra thing. You have a cup of tea if you choose to have a cup of tea if you're into a cup of tea. And so it's a bit like you could choose to have a coffee and I hope no one who's listening drinks Starbucks, but they probably do. And you go and choose a Starbucks and you say, that's amazing. A lot of my, by the way, a lot of my American friends love Starbucks. If you're from Australia, that is kind of like the lower pyramid, right? That's like kind of like, (laughs) it really is because we are kind of coffee snobs here in Australia, where we love to try many different types and we're quite judgmental over coffee. But I don't know that we have the same sort of judgment over tea, right? That it's probably not something that many of us have gone down. I'm not like I'm one of those ones that is not necessarily a tea drinker, but I've had a couple of teas that I enjoy. There's just a lot of tea I don't enjoy. And maybe it's because I haven't tasted good tea, right? But it wasn't part of our culture, it wasn't part of our thing. What I love is, that you can bring some of that culture, that some of that that you know is, is just beautiful when you have a good cup of tea because you've experienced it in India, right? And you now you're bringing it into Australia and maybe across the globe at some point. I think that's the beauty of when we have different lenses in which we start doing things. And that's one of the things that I say about a new approach to leadership. I think that the lens that we use, is really important for us to experience it in a different way to go to take things from other cultures that maybe isn't our norm isn't it the way we're used to being conditioned to but we take it and we go this is actually really yummy this is different but it's good and I wish that in some ways that in all that we do at a decision table that we start using different lenses. We have these experiences. I think we're so blessed that we've got people like you here in Australia who are bringing something different. And I wish we could do that more. And I think the new approach to leadership is that we have, or we curate those moments or create opportunities where this becomes more normal to be able to do it. Yeah, that is
0: so well said that doing something different, out of the box, and, I mean, Australia has such beautiful culture. And when I did this, I did not know that I'm doing something out of the box. I just thought that I'm, I'm just bringing some good tea. That's all I was thinking. <laughs> so and that is so true. And It's such a beautiful country. And it's, it feels really emotional every time I think now that I've relaunched t 4 in 2020 May. And now that I'm actually doing it as a business and the amount of people that I get to talk with and the smiles that I see, and I love, love, love that. I've said this a million times already. When I actually see people having a cup of tea and the expression change and that brings, like, feels like, okay, this is it, this is what I'm made for, or, like, how many more expressions can I change? (laughs) I love
2: that. That's so good. How many more expressions can I change? That's so beautiful. I love that. Okay, so (laughs) someone's asking here, how does the use of herbal teas Play a healing part from a chemical perspective. Can you talk more on that?
0: Yes, definitely. So, I'll, last year, twenty twenty, before the COVID hit us, I'll just tell you a little funny story in two sentences. Mm. I worked in a space of like I walked across to Himalayas. Oh wow! About a hundred kilometers in Himalayas, and to actually meet the farmers in and they grow this and they are uh, to bring sustainable innovations and to bring these farmers are not very exposed they're up in the himalayas they're not very exposed to, to chemicals they're not very exposed to bad weather they're not in terms of their pollution mm-hmm. not the uh, not the bad weather so they're not exposed to all that and their crop and their harvest is extremely different from Uh, any crop or harvest that would be chemicalized or they will be using all the big farmer chemicals, they just don't even know it and we tasted the product there. I got some of the product there and some turmeric, ginger that I got from there, it's one of the finest things I've ever tasted, it changes your health I look at their health I saw like a 70 year old farmer running to me and he is fit right, he's got strong bones and and he serves me, he and his wife serve me the food that they eat. And I see every little difference on the plate, not just the herbs. That's the big difference it really, really makes to bring that thing here and then to eliminate the mediators and then bring it in the most sustainable channel that I can create. It makes a huge difference. If you are spending that 10 minutes of your time with a teacup, why would you drink chemicals? why would you dip a tea bag in it a tea bag is chemical so loose leaf leaf is really important it changes the constitution of your body literally the way your body thinks and processes takes away the hardship from your body like you're not processing that extra bit you're giving it a mm. bit of juice. so you're giving your body that better flavor your dopamine releases the happiness flavor goes yeah. yeah. up um makes a huge difference
2: wow I like that. If you're going to spend 10 minutes with a good cup of tea, why would you drink chemicals? I think that's your phrase, your little golden nugget there. That's so good. I mean, it's true, right? Yeah, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Talk more about the sustainability. So we know that chemical-free things, pollution, I mean, I talk about sustainability so much. So I'm really excited that that's a huge part of what you're passionate about, and I think we can spend quite a bit of time on this. So if you think of sustainability and chemicals and things like that, one of the issues is that we've often sped up the capacity to get food out, to get things growing at a quicker space or put pressure on because we're growing more, things like that. If you, we can't all have that privilege and that moment that you've had, which is walk across the Himalayas and have those moments and experience where there is no pollution in that way. How do we sustain this knowing that it's a good thing
0: for us? How do you do that to the greater world, right? Yeah, I think the best way you can incorporate little, little sustainable Things in your life is to eliminate tiny little bits from your world, bite-sized things instead of overwhelming and walking across Himalayas. <laughs> that is true. You can. Uh, I'd love do to your... do it, by the
2: way. Don't get me wrong. I'd love to do it, but I have not done it
0: yet. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, it's such a blessing. Like in you know, a blessed place to be. That, that wow. place. Look, and not everybody has to. It is quite a challenge, and not by walking, you won't do anything sustainable either. Mm -hmm. It's just that we had a project. I was with some professor, India's really big university, recognized university. So I was with somebody and doing, I had Mm -hmm. a team. So there was a whole different story. But at home, you can just make micro changes, bite sized changes Mm -hmm. without being overwhelmed. And that's really, really important because. People really feel emotional about it and can feel really emotional and attracted towards it and then boom, you're off it because it was too much to handle because you have been yeah. sustained in a different kind of lifestyle for many years and now you're changing it altogether. So you can become a bit angry and I can see that in many people that they become a bit angry and really, really emotional about something and mm-hmm. then they're off it. So it's very fast. Rather than that, do little things like, as I said, tea bags, don't use them. First thing, use loose leaf because then the loose leaf, after you have strained the loose leaf from your stainless steel strainer, that strainer will last you for a lifetime. And one strainer, and that leaf can go in your pots, compostable. Those so tea mm. leaves can go in the pots, it can become your compost. Then you can just do little things as, just have two bins in the. Don't put everything in one bin. So now you can have a, And when you're using the second bin, make sure that you are either putting all the food in a bin directly and then washing the bin, or you are having a compostable bag in your food bin. So When you tie it up, there is no bits of plastic or anything in it. You're directly putting it in your green bin. Ask your council. In my council, I can put bits of food in my green bin because it all goes to an outlet where it all gets composted. I do a tour with my council and mm-hmm. visited all the um, like you know, all the outlets where they do tons of composting and I saw them from inside and uh, they approved the green bins, not just for them, like you know, the filings of the grass, but also for the food from home. So just find out, just make a couple of phone calls and just find mm-hmm. that out. Are they tied up with those these people? If they are, great.
2: I love that. So, I think mm-hmm. you know, one of the reasons that I bring that question up is because. I think, uh, you know, a lot of people, a lot of humans across the world go, sometimes problems feel too big. And so if we look through the lens of sustainability, often that can feel too big. And I love the fact that you go, it's the micro, it's the little small things that you can do, you can put in place that bring that change. And I think if we can just think of that as part of the new approach to leadership that we're looking through what I call the lens of sustainability, right, where we can start looking through it. Our solutions, are they sustainable? Are the way that we're building culture in our leadership, is that sustainable? Is the way that we make decisions at tables, are they sustainable? Like it's, and and at one point we could almost go, but it's too big, like what you're saying. And then going back, but if we do it micro, if we just do small things, we can make a difference. So, you know, not using that tea bag, but using the loose tea. I mean, it's so simple, and there's not ways that probably some people have done it in the past, but so easy to make that little change and that will add. And I think this is kind of what we need to do across what everyone is doing, right? Like, whether it's tea, whether it's what, you know, whatever your fascination is, like, we can make differences that are sustainable. Tell me why is sustainable is so important to you because obviously sustainability is. Uh, definitely.
0: I just feel a strong pull towards Mother Earth. Like I feel like, first of all, we live here. It's our home. And it's not like there is another planet ready for us to ship through. And Every time we, like, you know, we, we do something little, every little thing counts. So sustainable is, to me, in my mind, it should not have been like Let's go towards it. I think that should be a lifestyle. It should be the norm. It should be the normal. But we have made the normal the other way around, and I have been made fun of um, mm. and full of time. And I think that no, actually more than that. And that's when I realized, like we live in a mindset where we are so strongly made believe that the other way around is the normal. When at one point of time i had people over for dinner and i asked them to just uh, bring the food but i did not ask them to bring up their plates they were all bringing a plate i said like i have all the arrangements but they brought a lot of plastic plates for everybody and i said well, it wasn't necessary and they said like and the answer that i got i was like oh you have got to use to it buddy you can't keep telling people off and mm-hmm. that's when i said i'm actually not telling you off it's first of all it's my home and I have the right to decide what you can and cannot bring. So you are actually coming, stepping in and bullying me. So do you see mm-hmm. that you are made bullying the norm? Do you see that you've made you telling me what to do a norm? But if I do the other way around, it's really shocking for you. So it's how you look at things. It's just you change that angle a little and think from a different perspective that it's just my choice. I haven't even been rude. You have taken it so offensive in one second because I told mm. you not to do something that you're used to. It's just that simple thing. And that kind of got me a bit, I didn't get angry at that time, but I felt sorry. I felt like yeah. they're not going to pass on anything to their generation because they don't have anything mm. to And that made me really upset that what are we going to pass on? There's, there is nothing that we have. And that's what I told myself that what am I going to pass it on? What little changes can I bring? So, and it's important, as, as we said, we were talking just about those compostable bins or tea bags. One tea mm. bag. There are one million tea drinkers in Australia. One tea bag per person. We drink two to four teacups on an average. Four million tea bags in a year. Does it make a difference? It makes a huge difference. Four yeah. million.
2: Wow. There you go. I did not know those stats. I have to say. So, <laughs> I love that. I love that about what you're saying that it's real, like you were really strong on what you wanted and it was your, your space you're bringing these people into. And so it was something that you said was, you know, important to you and for those that come into the space. I think it's interesting. You hit on a, quite a strong point there that I think we should pull apart on. And that is, it's not the norm. I think it should be the norm, but it's not the norm. And because of that, you had pushback. Firstly, why do you think it's not the norm? Why do you think that this is, like, I agree with you, like having sustainable solutions should be the first place that we go, not the last place. And so I'm absolutely sold out about that. Why do you think that it's so hard for us to have that as our first starting point, not our finishing point, if it is even on the radar, right? Let's get rid of it.
0: I think because it's what we see on the surface. And it's just what the media has made us believe as well. Because what is readily available to you, you what is, anything mm. that's readily available to you, you take it. So yes. if plastic bottles are readily available to you, everything you see is plastic. It becomes the norm. Or everything you see is, for instance, copper. Because I was just drinking from a copper glass, so it just came to me that, just, just think about it that way that everything was copper around you and it becomes a norm. So whatever you see and what's on the surface it becomes the norm. Mm-hmm. When I was doing a lot of research and I uh, was talking to a lot of companies and I've spoken to so many companies, I've actually gone in there and given them meditation as well. Meditation is sustainable because it opens up your consciousness to the universe and then you can mm-hmm. listen to their message, the, the message of the universe more strongly and powerfully so you're not shut down anymore i've actually been into many companies and given them meditation and to me that's the first step towards consciousness so Mm. when i see that as a when you're asking me as a norm yes let's say that very quickly australia produces as beautiful as the country it is and i think that to me it's my home we produce five and a half planet worth of food waste here in australia we don't see anything outside. We keep it really clean. We keep it tidy. Mm-hmm. It's a nice place to be. It's very organized and it is our strength. So everything looks perfect and sparkling outside. We don't see it. India produces half a planet worth of food waste because we mm-hmm. have channels to dispose food waste that are invisible. We have been taught how to treat food in a very, very different way since we are born. Cook only as much as you eat. By conscious shopping has been in, in the blood like we don't think that way we just designed to think conscious shopping what is plastic bag when you go for a shopping center we don't have any we only have homemade tote bags made from that material that's left over from a sari mm-hmm. or something so wow. it's just a designing and but when you go to india we don't have organized systems so it's a bit backward that way so you see pile of garbages everywhere no. You see um, things writing on, on your face, so on a perception level, you will think that India is doing much worse in creating more pollution uh, or oh, creating oh. More food waste. But when you see the reality, it's a whole another journey. Like we are ten times more populated, creating not yes. even ten yes. percent or twenty percent of the waste,
2: while oh, Australia creates. Really yeah. So,
0: which that, is wow,
2: by the um, way, because you have in india there is so many like that's a good thing (laughs) but imagine if they were in india doing it the same as we do in australia i mean that's kind of a scary concept right
0: very very it's it's in your face does produce more air pollution because of the people there so they use more cars Mm -hmm. i think the population is out of control so i think that's all another story of how yes. are they ever going to control the population but apart from that we are talking what's in your face what do you see the yeah. first that becomes your regular so if it's on the surface most of australian thinks we are doing extraordinary but we mm. are not not really there's so think, much-
2: yeah and i think with this you bring up a great point around the fact that there's this need for transparency i think there's a lot you know like Yes, it's devastating when we look at that as a thing it, because of the capacity, like the amount of population in India. We've seen those photos. We see what it looks like. And, you know, but in lots of ways, that doesn't mean that we're better off here in Australia and what we're doing, right? We're just keeping it under the lid, hiding it over in the corner. I mean, don't even go to my backyard of my trash because like it's the one thing I really hate about my family. And I hope my husband is watching this at the moment or sees this because it's one of my beefs is that there's a lot of takeout in our family. And because of that, all the rubbish that comes with it. And I hate it with a passion. And like, you know, even when I go out, I try to take very much my coffee cup with me. I try and do a lot of things myself because I can only control what I can do in my environment. But, you know, I think it's exactly what you're saying there, that a lot of us are just hiding it in our trash cans, are just hiding it under the surface, and we are letting a lot of those things. Now, I get a hard time even in my own home because I want all our products that we clean things with, that there's no chemicals in those. I use oils a lot. I'm one of those oils girls, you know, that I'm a true believer of. I've got it over there you know, in the background, because I know that all these things are adding either to the chemicals we're putting in our body or taking away from those chemicals, right, that can get added into our body. And we're going to be more effective in what we're doing and, you know, what we bring out into the world. And so for me, this is an important thing, but I know that it gets laughed at, that there's those moments where people go, well, that's kind of like extreme, we don't need no. to do that. And yet no. there's many people going, I don't like what's happening to the, you know, the no. environment, whether it's social, whether it's economically, whether it's, you know, your physical environment. There's a lot of people not liking things like that, right? No. And these are one some of the ways in which we can actually turn that around so that there is... You know we're not putting the pressure on our environment from all the trash that we're bringing into it we're not you know socially we are choosing to go this is actually a great starting point and a willingness to think maybe we can do it differently
1: i don't know what are your
2: thoughts from that
0: yeah i mean definitely there is no such thing like magic i mean it exists but we'll have to do something with our wands to start with so we really need to make some action. And then the magic starts happening once you start taking actions. And that is when I was creating T4A. I really, really thought like t 4 is way more than just a cup of tea. It's much more than just a cup of tea. It's the happiness factor. It's how do you see yourself? How Where do you place yourself? How do you spend that journey of your life on this planet? What choices do you make? Any choice you make today has an effect in the next generation, in the next, and the next. Yeah, um, I do like that a lot. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, think about it this way, that what would you, let's take, sometimes people hate responsibility and they love to think about themselves, which is just a normal human behavior. <laughs> so I do it, we do it, we all do it unconsciously, subconsciously, we don't know it. But think about it this way, bring a cup of tea in front of you. Now, take a tea bag from a box. They all smell the same. They have pretty much no smell, like you just, unconsciously pour hot water in a kettle, dip the tea bag in there, wait for two minutes and then drink it away. And now shift the scenario. You open your favourite little container of tea. You're so passionate that you love the aroma. So the moment you open it, there's the aromas. So using mm-hmm. your senses, First thing the dopamine releases, like the happiness factor releases you, they smile on your face like, oh, my God, I'm going to have this. So that that salvation moment, that temptation happens, So you're looking forward to something first thing. Then you take that scoop out and you put it in your kettle so you hear the sound of it. Now you're pouring hot water on the top of it or you're boiling it on the stuff so you hear that and then you actually go through that. Then you pour it in your... Cup, and then you take for a sip from your cup, so that whole thing, the whole perception changes. Everything changes. You know that there is nothing going back. You know. Then you scoop it out, put that in your pot. And it's a cycle. So you created a perfect cycle. You made mm. yourself happy. The happiness factor changes because so now you're touching, feeling, smelling, tasting everything that you love, and it's about you now. But you're giving back to the nature unknowingly. I love that. Yeah, and that's where the
2: effortless flow comes in. Like there's just this beautiful flow from this step to the next step to the next step. And I think that that's so beautifully said in the way that you did it. It almost made me go, I think I should become a tea drinker. That sounds so much fun. Like, oh, wow, you look at it, you smell it, you feel that, you know, that sounds amazing. I love that. So here's the other thing that I find interesting. So we've talked a lot about the sustainability and I think in a new approach to leadership, That to have leaders like yourself across the world doing things in your own sphere of influence, where we are looking through the lens of sustainability, the other side of it, and I think this would come into what you're doing, and I love your thoughts around it, is ethical leadership. I think that, you know, there's this importance that we don't just put our head in the sand and use something or do something. We find out. How was that created? What, do, you know, are they, i say the people that are harvesting the tea, are they being looked after? Is that in environments that are going to be healthy for them? Is it supporting what they need? And then, you know, the ongoing of the flow of that throughout yeah. the process. How do you ensure that in what you're doing? Because you're working with another country and I think this is also an interesting concept because, Sometimes it's easier to be ethical when you've got it all set up in your own little environment in front of you. You can put things in place. You know what's happening. How do you keep that or think about that in what you do? I think that
0: I do two things. First, I keep my bite size for myself as well, like as much as I can chew, as much as I can follow it myself and not just preach. Uh, mm-hmm. I make sure that that's my ethics behind it. So if I'm telling somebody at some point of time I have already incorporated, tested, or I am ongoingly incorporating that in my life, that becomes really important to me. And two is contagious energy. Like I think that when I meet people, I don't tell them what to do. I allow them to flow. It's like if I constantly tell people what to do or have instructions and I look at my own behaviour, I'm really bad with instructions. If I've been told something to do too many times, first thing, I don't know what happens to my head. The first thing it thinks like, fine, I don't want to do it. You're told <laughs> <Yeah>. too <many. laughs>
2: You sound like some of my children. They would be the same
0: way. Grown up or children, sometimes we all behave like that. You have told that to me a million times. My answer yes. is no. <laughs> exactly. That happens to our head. because I don't know, the person, they're spoiled person in you kicks in or what happens, but mm-hmm. I take that as a reality instead of thinking that as a bad thing. Like we mm-hmm. all have that child in us. And it's just the acceptance of the reality makes it easier. So
2: the acceptance of the reality makes it easier. What do you mean by that? I just think like
0: acceptance of knowing that you're not perfect, acceptance of the fact that knowing that you're not going to do it all right,
1: Mm -hmm. acceptance
0: that not everything is going to happen overnight, acceptance that not everybody is, you're not going to change the world. Not everybody is going to like you. Not everybody Mm -hmm. is going to follow what you do. Not even you may not be able to follow what you preach every step of the way. You may fall here and there but you know all that is the acceptance not to be judgmental towards yourself and think about stop and think consciously that what went wrong what can you do to change it now and like you know how do you get back on track why is it strong or you may make bigger changes so i think i keep it bite sized and i make small changes and, and i don't do anything like i leave a contagious energy when i speak with somebody i'm not in a mindset to teach them something but i just tell them my story What I did today, and it becomes really powerful. And they do it, and they tell it to somebody, and they do it, and they tell it to somebody. And that's kind of more contagious than anything else. And it it stays bite size. And Mm. you know, it's not your job to make a snow mountain. Your job is just to like, you know, to take a little snowball and then roll it out. The rest will happen. It's just the law of nature. The gravity will happen, and it will turn into a massive snowball.
2: Yeah. It's that whole domino effect, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I like. I don't like to constantly preach and teach. I do like to send messages, like, you know, by my contagious energy and story, that's it. Hmm. So I like that.
2: I think that, you know, I teach around the fundamentals of leadership and part of that is beginning with awareness. And so that's why these conversations are really important because you're looking through a lot of different lenses and seeing it and having a different perspective and then of course from that then taking different actions and the only way I'm going to learn more and become aware more is if I'm willing to have conversations right and with amazing humans who you know bring all these different distinctions to the, the table so I find this fascinating because it's you talk about a lot about the telling and I think that when we grow in awareness, the next fundamental is actually ownership. There's a responsibility. Now that I know what I know, what am I going to own from knowing that? Yes. So it's not that I need to have everything sustainable and know exactly how to live that and bring solutions all that way. I only know the small amount that I've already become aware of and I'm willing to become aware of already, right? Yeah. And my thing is, if I'm not willing to then own that, then there's a major issue there. And I hope that as we learn to have new approaches to how we can do leadership better, that we can gain this awareness, but that each one of us takes ownership of what we've become aware of in that moment, in that space, in that time that we've spent together, right? And I'm actually going to ask you in a second a question and that's part of why I asked this question but is because I think that there's always got to be ownership to it right and so I love the point that you say it's you don't tell you do and I always say that if we are to you know be strongly leading the way then we need to be able to strongly stand in what that looks like and that's not just talking it it's doing it so now that we've had this conversation today, we've got more, you know, thinking around sustainable solutions. And then we're also talking about the ethical side of it and how it's really owning that for you, what that looks like for you, and then doing small bite-sized pieces around that and putting it into place and how you then play that out in your work in yeah. your domino effect then of who comes into your sphere of influence, right? I found that awesome because I think that that makes it really doable for me thinking around ethical leadership. And so that's the thing I'm going to take from our conversation today is going, how can I break that down even into more bite sized things that I can put into play? Like I'm asking around this because I would really love for in this new approach to leadership that we can actually build more things around this, get better strategies to have ethical leadership and everything that we build out on, right? So that's yeah. kind of where I'm coming from in that. And so today's conversation goes, reminds me of the importance of even breaking it down into even maybe more micro and investigating what that can be and how I can put that into play in my own leadership. So if I had to ask you, what's the, the one thing that you've kind of got from our conversation today that's made you think maybe more, get a different insight or you're going to take and, and roll with that, what would that be from
0: today's conversation? I think what I really got out of today's conversation is like being accountable for my for my leadership. I wasn't even thinking about myself as, as an industry leader. I was thinking as just a person who have just started. But what's eye-opening is when you ask me so many questions around leadership, and I've never done a podcast on leadership, it's eye-opening that, you know, today I have started. I've launched now. But tomorrow, I have to think about it in, in advance, because tomorrow I can be an industry leader. Tomorrow, it could be anything in a year. Like, I could be teaching tea blending or, like, you know, t 4 when it comes turns into a larger company right now, it's manageable. Once mm. T4A is larger or larger or larger, how am I going to keep myself accountable as an industry leader? If I'm supplying to other tea merchants, tea shops or and if I'm expanding more than tea into other aspects of food industry, mm-hmm. which I really wish to, and I wish to create like a perfect buying channel where you don't create any waste. And then, then how am I going to keep myself accountable or what change my company can bring? And I think that's what I learned. I didn't think of it that way. I was just mm-hmm. doing things every day. Pretty much. (laughs) I know. And that's what I love about it is that it's
2: your everyday, but even your everyday can become more effective or lead in a different way or, you know, change can come from today onwards, like you said. And that's the amazing thing when we create awareness is that it opens up the opportunity for something else to happen and to grow there. And, you know, it's funny because a lot of, you know, in the business world, a lot of people will say to me, I really want to increase the growth of my business and, you know, in the economic growth of it, I'll do the impact thing later. And I go, actually, hate to blow your bubble. Every decision you make has an impact, whether it adds value to humanity or takes away, it still has an impact. And I love whether you're the startup of the journey, whether you're in the middle of the journey, whether you're way down the journey it doesn't matter because every decision you make from today onwards is going to have an impact. Now that impact can be playing at a small level and go, I'm just getting this thing around me. Or you can be, have this willingness to, you know, show the way, not just tell, but show the way to how that can bring such impact. And in your case, in a lot of sustainability sort of solutions to the table and flow and, consciousness and you know ethical thinking yeah. and you can lead the way not just in the tea industry but as an industry in a society across the globe
0: absolutely and I mean my tagline is brewing cups of happiness and to me I love that tea brings you poor happiness and unmatched happiness a childlike smile on your face and it's that moment that I look for that one second I look for I want it to last and that's why I bring that sustainable leadership in myself like you know that happiness will last and you'll be really proud of yourself tomorrow. Yeah. It won't just be momentary but you'll see the after effect of it for the rest of your life. <laughs> I love that. All
2: right, so if people want to get hold of you, want to have more conversations around this, how
0: do they get hold of you? Yes, yeah, so they can get in touch with me on t so it's like T, Euphoria, like T H O R I A. T foria at A-U. That's my email address, or just tforia at dot That's my website. So that's it. So that's my email, T foria at tforia or tforia.com.au. That's my website. You've got all the collections to see there. Most of my collections are freshly harvested, they are seasonal. You can have a look what we do, and you can ask me any questions. I'm really open to speak with people. I love talking to people. That's beautiful. I love that.
2: Okay. So we are finishing up now, but if you were to leave people, like one of the things you talk about nonstop throughout this conversation has been happiness. If you were to give three things that happiness gives benefits with or adds value, what would those three things happiness does maybe in your life or you see with others?
0: Happiness kind of takes you to your own truth. It's raw. It's natural. It's mm-hmm. transparent. It's not fake. It takes you face to face with your own truth. It could be dark. It could be anything. We are made up of both material, dark and white. And you accept yourself the way you are without being judgmental, and that's pure happiness. Yeah. If you're not judging yourself, there's no one out there to judge you. That's pure happiness to me, that, you know, I'm not going to be perfect, and that's that just makes me happy. And happiness to me means sharing community is that there is a difference between standing alone and being alone loneliness well I stand alone for what I believe and I'm not afraid of it but community makes a huge difference not being lonely being amongst people it's people who make the difference sharing that cup of tea with the people that I love every morning that makes me really happy really happy and I think what else can happiness bring me? I think it just gives me my purpose, just keeps me going. Brings me my purpose. Every time I think about my purpose, it just makes me so teary before I go to bed. It brings me back to that pure joy. Or if I'm exhausted of, it has been a hard day. I just remind myself of my purpose. Burst that happiness bubble out of me, and just brings that original energy back. It's like I'm gonna do it again tomorrow. <laughs>
2: That's so beautiful. And what a great way, honestly, to finish this. I thank you so much for being a part of this conversation. I think that, you know, it's easy to get lost in the busyness of life and in leadership and to forget to create those moments of creativity as we talked about earlier. I think having effortless flow, flow going throughout what you're doing Is it brings you such happiness, but because you are a happy person, that then that becomes contagious. I think that was beautiful, and I love the fact that we had a lot of conversation around sustainability and ethical leadership and how that plays out in what you're doing. And then, you know, I think if we can do that in better ways and more effective ways, and in leadership going forward, then all these beautiful things that you've brought up today will. Make us, you know, like you said, stand out as alone, like not alone, but stand out for great things in our how we lead the way, and that way, hopefully, others will come on that journey and be a part of that journey. So,
0: thank you so much for being a part of it today. Thank you, Kiri It was such and such a pleasure. It was. I'm so grateful to Nikhil who actually introduced me, and I'm so grateful to you that I actually got know you it's fun <laughs> <laughs> i know i'm a pretty
2: uh, easy person to get to know so i love these kind of conversations and definitely we got to talk around some of the topics that i'm absolutely dear to my heart as well so thank you
1: amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode make sure you subscribe ensure you leave an awesome rating and review our hope is this podcast creates a new awareness activates ownership to what is next a curiosity for the need to be part of the change and to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, then apply to join us at our next Leaders Movement Parlay. The link is in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to help build a tribe who make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators and movement changers. Big love until we see you on the next Decision Table Series podcast episode.